The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Michael Dow. With me tonight are Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And our special guest tonight, Ann Tallheimer. Hi. Uh, with the inimitable Mr. Roberts still inimitably running the board. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I keep saying it, because I'm subtly mocking him as I do it, because I'm classy that way. So, um... Before we get into talking about uh, politics and news and other important stuff, I just wanted to mention that we love to hear from our listeners, and they can get in touch with us in a few different ways, even during the show. Jarmar tries to keep at least one eye on our various feeds and whatnot and, and relay comments to us or corrections or really any kind of feedback because, you know, He's I don't know. amazing. He's amazing, <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but I am desperate for attention, so, you know. Anyway, uh, so we are uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org is the email. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. And if you want to tweet at us, the handle is at civilpoliticsfm. We also have a website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, and that's got links to previous episodes of the show, uh, things we talk about, some of our supplemental episode things, you know. Stuff. It's cool. You should totally check it out. Tell your friends. Um, make new friends and tell them. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, when we mention things, uh, if uh, Jamra does his best in real time to throw uh, uh, links and, and whatnot to them up on our Facebook and Twitter feeds, and he uses the hashtag civil references to make it easier for you to follow along at home. <clears throat> All right. So. Silence. Yes. <laughs> that was my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should have heard us the night of the election. There was a dead silence in oh, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And John wow. had to say, keep talking, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. were all stunned. Wow. <laughs> 2016. Yeah. yeah. We, we, don't all, we don't all advocate for the same political party, but all of us were like, this is not reflecting our values, <laughs> wow. how this is going. Wow, is like no. an understatement. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was dead air for a minute, probably. I yeah, think. that result really grabbed us by the something or other. You know? mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, so um, speaking of uh, uh, horrible and shocking developments, uh, something arguably much worse than the election just happened in the past couple of days uh, with the uh, shooting at... Uh, I don't remember the full name, like the Stoneman uh, High School in uh, Broward County, Florida. Uh, it was a high school, a uh, former student, a 19-year-old fellow who I believe had been expelled for disciplinary reasons, uh, went in there with uh, what's now becoming the uh, uh, de uh murder weapon of choice for these sorts of things, an AR-15, and uh, killed 17 people. Mostly students, but some staff and injured at least a dozen more. I'm not, I, I didn't get the final number on that, but it was quite a few people. And it's 17. the Mar Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. That was it. Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah. Parkland? Was it Parkland, Florida? Yes, in Broward County. Yeah, because yeah. I remember the Broward County Sheriff was there, and I was like, wait, I know where that is. I used to live there. Ooh. <laughs> not at Parkland, but yeah, yeah. Broward County. So that's a, that's a hell of a nostalgia kick for you, huh? Yeah. Scary. Horrible. Yeah. And it's not the first one? No. And we'll probably talk about one that was, what you say, 20, I, 25 years ago? 25 years, yeah. Well, I believe this is the 18th school shooting this year? Um, yeah. In the United States. There have been, I mean, some people kind of, it depends on how you classify them. There have been some folks who are kind of, well, if a gun was discharged this far away from a school, it doesn't really count. Like, sort of my position on this is... Even one is too many. So Sh shooting near a school is a problem. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I, I, but I, 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 yeah, yeah. So there have been more than one gun attacks in schools in the United States yes. this year. Yes, this month and a half. Yes, exactly. 
18. And it being just after Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Oh, so yes. six weeks, three a week. Yeah. It's, it's about every 60 hours. Wow. Two and a half days. Right. And remember, there's time off for weekends. I mean, Ugh. you know. Have you seen uh, some of the folks that have said, um, you know, a moment of silence? It's just ridiculous. It's, it's just stop saying that, you know, like do something. Well, uh, you know, congressmen and mm-hmm. um, folks, I think, what did Trump say? Did Trump say something on this? Was it something about mental, mental he, he health He talked or about something? mental health and he didn't talk about issues about gun safety at all. Yeah, Because yeah, um, he undid the Obama law, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, and they which won't arguably release... had some flaws. I remember we talked about that yeah. a year ago. Just like, you know, the sort of difficulty broad. managing your funds isn't necessarily a sign that you are so mentally unstable that you can't handle a gun. But it, I, the, the impulse I definitely agree with. I'm just not sure about that particular mm-hmm. execution. But that's a very different issue. But you know what they're doing is they're holding the photo – they're preventing the photograph of Trump signing right. that. They're like pretending that it didn't – you know, if there's yeah, the no White picture, House, there's no evidence. Yeah, the White House refused <laughs> to release it. Uh, yeah. Well, you I can't think have it. You can't see it. So there. Well, I think it's because Stormy Daniels was standing beside him mm. while he was doing it. Oh, is that possible? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who knows? You can't I, find the photograph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the beginning of a rumor. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. I, I didn't mean to start fake news there. I was just being silly. So, um, so, uh, and uh, I asked you to be on the show actually last year, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of sad, though um, increasingly less remarkable coincidence uh, that you're here this week. Um, I-, I want you to sort of briefly talk about your your hi- mm-hmm. your history and your your interests and, and your advocacy. But in a I mean, nutshell, book um, too, right? Yes, yeah. I I got to know you because uh, uh, because I you know, own and work in a local comic book store. Mm-hmm. And you did a graphic novel memoir about your experience as a survivor of uh, what's sort of forgotten by a lot of people now, but 25 and change years ago, mm-hmm. there was a, a shooting at the Simons Rock College yep. in, in, in here in Western Mass. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were there and uh, you wrote a, a really moving and fantastic uh, wrote and drew a fantastic, like an amazing book. Like Thank I've you. never really read anything quite like it. It, um, yeah, it, it felt. It was the funniest sad book I'd read in some time. Yeah, that's a good way to describe <laughs> it. Because when I try to pitch it to people, they're like, "Oh, what's this about?" I'm like, "You will probably want to read it with whiskey nearby." <laughs> um, it, it's a hard, Ooh. it's a hard sell because it's like it's it's a really sad, dramatic thing, and it's also yeah. about survivorship and what yes. that looks like because you have to continue to go on in some kind of way but you're a totally different person i mean we were just talking about this so well and and i think we can find a a link to an interview we did like three four years ago Mm -hmm. for uh uh the podcast my store used to do uh uh about this Mm -hmm. and so you know i I don't want to spend the whole time making you tell that story all over again or whatever but just the one thing i just want to mention one of the reasons why i thought the book was so extraordinary is at no point do you actually sort of try and give a recounting of that terrible day itself. It's about your life and how it changed because of it. So it, it you know, it's not like a documentary or whatever. Is, because there's, you can find that stuff online if you really want to know. Google Simon's Rock and you can find the info. There's a Wikipedia page. I, yeah. I apologize. I meant to read it before the show and I could not. They, they're out right. at the yeah. store. <sighs> and I, I've lost my copy. It's uh, somewhere buried under the huge stacks of graphic novels. But I, I, I can help you with that. <laughs> I, have, I have two quick questions. How, how old were you at the time? I was 18. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, is it is it more, since I haven't read it and I apologize, um, is it more like a stream of consciousness? Is that sort of the tenor of it? Oh, it's uh, it's a it's. I'm glad that you asked that because it's a. I deliberately sequenced it in a sort of non. It, it's a little more non-linear, but it it definitely. The, the beginning part of the book talks very much about my path to Simon's Rock, because I was a I was a weird kid in high school, and I didn't fit in, and I I didn't like where I lived. It was a really small rural Massachusetts town, and I was the very weird kid. Um. You were the one person in town who'd like listen to The Cure and Susie and the Banshee. I sure did. Yeah. I mean, and some of my friends did too, but mostly that was, you know, and I had the whole aesthetic and like, when I was 15, I was fortunate enough to go on this exchange program to Germany. 
and it was the first time I'd ever left the country, and it was it was amazing. It opened my eyes to the fact that there is a great big world beyond my little terrible town in Massachusetts. And I, I came Should back. Should we name the town or not? It's called Townsend. It's oh, right okay. up on the yep. New Hampshire border. And, <laughs> well, you uh, said it was a terrible town. It's, it's, like, pretty, <laughs> it's It is not my home. It is where I grew up, but it is not my home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my brother and his wife, his family, they still live there. It's it's still a place that exists, but I, it never felt like home to me. Yeah. Um, and when I got to Simon's Rock, that felt like home. It was like landing on my home planet <laughs> because... Finally, I fit in. Finally, I met people. Finally, it was like, there are other weird, smart kids like me in the world, and they're all here, and we're going to hang out. This is going to be awesome. Nice. Um, It was the first time anybody ever told me that I was smart. It was the first time that I really kind of got to immerse myself in a positive educational experience, just because for me, the traditional format of high school, like, just didn't work. It just didn't fit. Um. And then in my second year, this classmate of mine went out, legally got a gun, came back to campus, loaded it with the bullets he'd had shipped to campus, and walked through the campus edge from, you know, the gatehouse on the end of the road, shooting and killing anything he could, anything that moved. Before the show, you were saying he shot, like, a security guard? Yeah, he was... Because dog, he shot at the dog? Yeah, so one of our professors lived on campus, and he had a campus dog, and he was out kind of walking around and literally anything that moved. And this was an SKS. He shot at everything that moved. He murdered my professor in his car at the end of the drive. He was driving back onto campus for some reason. He was shot and killed. Uh, he shot a security guard at the end of the campus, walked toward the library, walked toward the dorms and just kept going. And the thing that probably saved us all was that, cause he, he had enough ammunition to kill every one of us. Um, he had tried to convert, like, to file down the firing pin to convert it to a fully automatic weapon. And it was a cheap gun, and it was a bad job, and it kept jamming. And he finally just got frustrated and gave up. And that's... So the the date of, of that mm-hmm. sad moment in your life, personally, was also 20 years to the day before Sandy, Sandy Hook. Hook. Which yeah. is part of the reason why you did the comic. Sandy Hook was that sort of watershed moment for me. Yeah. Um, and, and just I, the one parallel is, of course, uh, the, the the shooter in Sandy Hook, like his gun also jammed, and he was like, "Ah, screw it." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and so it's, we should legislate more guns jamming. Yeah, <laughs> well, in this case, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have separate feelings about uh, like that kind of high capacity, yeah. but um, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a. I think when the media talks about this, like it's gun control, it's this, it's that, it is, as we know, a much more complex, nuanced uh, conversation that needs to happen. It cannot just simply be as black and white as, oh, it's mental illness. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's the gun. It's, it, it is all of these things combined together along with things like toxic man- masculinity and the way that we kind of uh, glorify violence in our culture and the way that we sort of... Um, amplify the voices of the people who commit these crimes and we don't focus they do get famous that's they true. do yeah. they totally do i mean in my situation our our campus murderer is still alive he wasn't killed he was he went to trial he he was found um guilty of all 17 of the charges against him um he was denied an appeal and he'll spend his life in prison and that's where he should be but every time there's a new school shooting, Newsweek calls him up. Oh, the New York Times him. calls oh, him up. Really? Somebody gets him on the horn for an interview. Oh. And they keep going back to that same well. And I don't know what new thing he's going to say after 25 years that's going to move the needle on this. But if he's watching the news. But he's watching the news because yeah. prison is boring and you don't have a lot to do there, which is a, a separate other discussion. I don't mean to yeah. sound like I'm universally pro-prison because that's not yeah. my personal position. But... We like people that are complicated. Yeah, right? it's <laughs> things, uh, things are nuanced. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so like he'll pop up in Newsweek, like after Virginia Tech happened, because the school shooter in my Went case is Asian American, and so was the shooter at Virginia Tech. They were like, oh. "Oh well, you're an authority on this subject. You must know about this." <laughs> and it's oh just, Singapore. Do you know my cousin? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the whole thing is just it's kind of terrifying because 
what I personally would like to see is to flip that narrative. I want to learn about the people who survived. I want to hear more about the people who were murdered. I want to hear more about what people are going to do to honor their lives. Parkland, yeah. it seems like they've been trying to do a yeah. fair amount of that. They've yeah. much less mentioned his name yep. and much more been mentioned. But yeah. that, it's new. It just happened but Wednesday. Like, so. like Mr. Feist, the football coach. Oh, that sounds amazing. That yeah. story is heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Teaching should not be a life-threatening profession. And I, I don't know when it became an acceptable part of the job description. I mean, as an educator, it, folks, we have this idea about teachers. who You will you will go to the ends of the earth for your students to protect them. Sure. Um, it shouldn't cost you your life. Yeah, that's what happened at yeah. Sandy Hook, too. Yeah. I, and I, it reminds me, I think I saw, I think it was in the Washington Post, just did sort of a look at like, you know, it, uh, I think it was the Washington Post, but it basically said like, Given all the school shootings that have happened over the past couple of decades, something like 150,000 Americans were students in schools that had school shootings and survived. Mm-hmm. And that's just the students. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's parents and family. So and, that's a, that creates a cultural you know, change I, in people. Yeah. I would just, and actually, you, st- you started talking about sort of the beginning of your book is about mm-hmm. arriving there. Yeah. And then... What's that phrase you have for that? This event. <laughs> Landing on my home planet? That one. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> phrase. Yeah. It is what it felt like. Yeah. Um, and so it turned out to be a hostile planet at one point. It, <laughs> it was this person who had made it a hostile planet. It was, yeah. And I, I think about this a lot, too, because Simon's Rock is still a very tight-knit community. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's still a college in the woods for smart weirdos. Um, <laughs> but but it's, it's a unique experience because it, it takes a certain kind of self-possession as a teenager to be like, I would like to drop out of high school and go do this thing that is very different that not many people do. And um, you have to have found out about it mm-hmm. and d- desired it and researched it or your parents. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, and you got it's not inexpensive. Like you, you have to really want to want to be there and stay there. Yeah. I know a young person. And I think I said before she, she does, um, um, Japanese. She's very infatuated with Japanese. Um, right on. Yeah. N- young, young woman sort of struggling to find her own way. She's the daughter of the folks that own the one of the buildings I lived in. And just very interesting kiddo. And, cool. And uh, they said, oh, she's going to Simon's Road. I'm like, oh, that makes, that makes that's sense. That's awesome. Yeah, right that's on. so cool. Yeah. And not of means, you know, just, but that, that place that you could go land there is, mm-hmm. that's really wonderful. Yeah, and there's a you have this shared commonality amongst Simon's rockers. You know, like we call them rockers, it's funny. But like you meet another rocker out in the wild and you're like, Oh, and you have that shared language <laughs> yeah. and that shared knowledge. Yeah. Like you get it, you you know this. When I first moved out here I thought it was actually a uh, music college mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then i then i heard about the women's i um, did too actually uh, rock rock place in mm-hmm. goshen or wherever it is where it's actually is a rock oh right rock. on <laughs> no yeah. so, so, somebody trolled me i don't remember who it was but someone was like oh yeah paul simon he started this school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean simon and garfunkel <laughs> yeah <laughs> that guy yeah yeah but garfunkel was involved at first but he got involved and they threw me you know he didn't was... like his name how he fit into the title right, garfunkel exactly. had to go. Like, i don't interest. remember who it was but somebody actually had me totally wound up Oh, that's that. so I, funny. I was such a schmuck. That is, that's, that's pretty good. Um, but, but yeah, so, so but going, that landing, sort yeah. of landing there and then how, so you were there for two years before this? Four. Well, oh, this was oh, your... so no, I was there for, it was in my second year that this happened oh. and I stayed on for my bachelor's degree. So I was there, well, then I finished a like a semester early because after the, after the murders happened on campus, like nobody knew what to do. And yeah. so... I guess I thought it was a good idea to take like a 20 credit semester because I'm better when I'm staying busy because <laughs> sure. the alternative is sitting there and really thinking about Work is the answer. And, and well. 16 credits was full time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I finished a semester early, but was that a hard decision to decide to go back? Cause nope. they've been talking to these kids nope. at, um, at Parkland and you, mm-hmm. and you, it's like they don't think they can ever go back to school, you know, right now. Right. And and I, th- I think it's going to vary from person to person. I think everyone kind of lands in a different place with that. But for me, Simon's Rock was the only place that ever felt like home. Oh, so you wouldn't abandon it. Oh, yeah. I couldn't leave. Yeah. I, I stayed on campus for as long as I could after this happened. And then I went back to campus as soon as I could after because... I was there with people who felt like family and I was there with people who had had this shared experience You're with all grieving me. together? Yeah. Because at that time, it was still such an unfathomable, th- unfathomable thing. Like, I, I remember a conversation. I went back home um, and I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and I was talking about 
talking about what had happened and I used the word murder. And she stopped for a second and she looked at me and she said, I didn't, it didn't register with me the gravity of this until you just said that. Because we euphemize this. We're like, oh, it's a school shooting. So right, many which, people were injured, you know, yeah. they were, they or were killed a, even, but yeah. Yeah, yeah a couple the, of deaths. They were not, they were murdered. Yeah. And in this particular case this week, they were murdered in 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 very in cold a very blood. planned cold blood kind of way. That person yeah. went there to do them harm. Yeah. Um yep. but but and yeah. And your 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 murderer was a uh, um was somebody who was currently a student mm-hmm. there. Yep. And at Parkland was he or he had been thrown out, I think. Yeah, I think Parkland. he had been I expelled the year prior. Yeah. yeah, that's my understanding. I've yeah. been, I have not followed this one as closely as uh, some others, in part because it's so recent, in part because I spent the day yesterday at the state house doing some advocacy and lobby work, which kept me off of Facebook and off of the news. Right. So, were people more receptive? Do you think because of what have happened? Yeah, you know, at the state house, did you feel like they just said, "Come on in, let's absolutely." Let's talk. Yeah. I mean, and and part of it with. Um, with the the ARPRO, with the the legislating um, the legislation, we're we're trying to get people to consider. Yeah, explain what that is because oh, okay. we were talking about it beforehand, but I don't think the people on air mm-hmm. heard about that. So, um, so the extreme ri- risk protection order is basically a couple of states have it already. It's basically uh, if someone is in crisis or is in in a, in a state where they they are felt that they're going to do harm either to themselves or to others the family can petition the court to have their weapons temporarily removed from their custody. If Joe's going crazy, yeah. come get crazy Uncle Joe's weapons or, for or, now. Or if, you know, Joe's wife just took out a restraining order against him because she's afraid of domestic violence. Right, or yeah. Joe just lost his job and his girlfriend left him and he has a gun in the house and he's, and he's not suicide. feeling right. Yeah. Right? There yeah. are there are so yeah, true. Most many of the gun ways. deaths in this country are suicides. Are suicides. 60% yeah. I think, yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and studies have shown that if you if you can reach someone who is who is in that that kind of crisis yeah. with a gun suicide, ninety percent of those those people do not attempt again. So this is a real life saving measure. Yeah. Um, and really an intervention. At just yeah, at the moment. it's an intervention. It is. It's not a. Um, like it's not a criminal record it's not an arrest it's an intervention um and every legislator we talked to yesterday was wow this is a good this is a life-saving measure this is good so yeah and so uh i I can't remember what we said on the air and what we didn't but i remember we were talking about how the fbi apparently uh has acknowledged that they actually had received a tip about um the shooter in Parkland mm-hmm. by name, right? It wasn't like they had to figure out his yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah. thing. Somebody said, "This is the guy." I know this, this guy. A- <laughs> I'm worried because he's saying this stuff, and he's trying to get on guns. social media. Yeah. I mean, it's, so he made a specific reference to school shooting mm-hmm. and having a gun. Yeah. So FBI uh, must, and apparently get- the FBI central office didn't pass it on to the local field office, and that's where the ball got yeah. dropped. But that's what I heard driving out here on public radio. But their initial statement was that they checked it out and there was nothing to see here or something which I, I i hate it when people say oh yeah we looked in it it's, it was yeah you know, I, instead either th- of the real what actually that's what actually happened yeah so. they, sh- they and they should have gotten their facts straight before saying anything but yeah. <clears throat> um the thing that uh uh strikes me is i'm not sure if the fbi had checked it out i don't know quite what they could do, if he didn't have any guns yet, well, uh, well, yeah. and they you have to prove criminal intent. It's one thing to say, well, he made these comments or, that, or crisis. I mean, with a yeah, with a yeah, ex- you're proposing, right. Yeah, with the, something. But I mean, it's, like the law currently stands, right. there's nothing they could do. Would be right. like, until you're violent, we, right? They'd right. have to, you know, or you make a plan. I think. Yeah, you right. have to wait for it to become a criminal act, and by that point, it is already too late. Yeah, I have a, a list. I think of the five states, and you may know if these are mm-hmm. right or not. They're mostly on the West Coast. Oregon, California, Washington, and then Connecticut and mm-hmm. Indiana are the five that have, um, they were calling it something like a red, red flag. Red flag, which it's just temporary, right? Yeah, it's temporary. It is, And it's the local police yeah. chief that can do it, yep. I think. Well, we have a good one here in Northampton, so I'm all for it. So. We do? Good police chief. Oh, 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 I see. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I was impressed by uh, by uh, Chief Casper when she was on our show. I I just want to share because when I was young, um, and the and the first sort of gun laws sort of came in, you used to get a permanent. Probably have a gun permit. Mm-hmm. You used to get a permanent permit, and um, 
it was up to the, when it first happened, the police chief, it was really totally their discretion. And there was no, um, you couldn't you couldn't turn it over, you couldn't do anything. And in the town that I grew up in, which I will not mention, because um, I have the same feelings you ah. do about your town, <laughs> um, there were two families, the Sullivans and the O'Connells, and they ran everything. And they took turns picking on each other. And like the, the Sullivan was the fire chief, and the O'Connell was the selectman, and then the O'Connell son was the police chief. And so they'd take each other's guns. I mean, they just tormented uh. each other with discretion and i think when that's the way the law was passed in massachusetts it probably did a lot of harm because it shouldn't be um it shouldn't be subjective but it's got to be able to be implemented quickly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean there are people i mean they were saying that you know the sullivans didn't need any guns <laughs> or or the o'connells didn't need any guns but it how it played out in a small town i think probably gave some of the gun laws a bad name mm-hmm. and i think there was some sort of a lawsuit that made it less discretionary in that there had to be some criteria rather than we don't like you because sure i mean that's right the potential fourth amendment issue well it's yeah. only the police chief alone and nobody else in the city or town or and in who the can state. review it and yeah, yeah nobody yeah. could when they first did it there wasn't any m- mechanisms right. or anything <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, all right, so we've got just a couple of minutes before the break. But uh, so why don't you at least start telling us about your experience yesterday? You went to the state house to advocate for this red yeah. flag law here in yeah. Massachusetts, which we don't sounds have, like, right? Which we do not have, <laughs> and which, in principle, anyway, sounds like a good idea. I mean, mm-hmm. I would certainly want to know more about the specifics sure. that you're proposing. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't, I didn't think the Obama administration had the right tack in saying like. Oh well, if you can't handle your money when you get a check from Social mm-hmm. Security, you, I mean, like, I, you know, the only reason why I I'm not in terrible financial trouble is, uh, you know, my my family's fortunate enough to support me. I I certainly don't. And for you know, me, it's my accountant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like I am not like a fiscally shrewd person, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, if it were if that were the standard, I'd be so in trouble. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> and but this anyway. is a long way from what I described, you know, probably 30, 40 years ago when, when the Yeah, this, was, this it, isn't like Chief McGillicuddy decided he didn't <laughs> like you, so no yeah. good for you. Although right. Chief McGillicuddy often knows who Crazy Joe is and who you should watch in a small town. That's true. And that's sort of the flip side of it is, you know, sort of knowing your neighbors. and mm-hmm. I, there, There's an upside to that, but uh, there's also a downside of like, oh, yes, but, you know uh, – uh, you know, Steve Jones, well, you know, he's black or his family's Italian or something. So, yeah. you know, there's there, it's open to all kinds of. Yeah, it is. It's a funny one. But this sounds this sounds wonderful. This mm-hmm. sounds yeah. great. Yeah. During the break, we can pull up the the, the bill itself that is sure. currently in in process. Um, but going around the state house, it. I, I love politics. I love local politics. You know I love local politics. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll – we may just say we're talking about mm-hmm. this searing national issue. Right. But uh, you also – you've run for city council in Holyoke. Right. And uh, I, I – you post about, like, city council meetings. And, yeah, I don't know who any of those people are. We've started playing city council bingo. Exactly. Really I find that – I love those updates. <laughs> it's all, like, more civic engagement, getting people yeah. to engage oh, with local, local government. local is so good. It's yeah. really – yeah, you can really – Make it different yeah. and, and sink your teeth in. And, I, and I've I've reached out, by the way, to uh, Alex Morse, the mayor mm-hmm. of, of Holyoke, to join us on on air. Uh, he hasn't gotten back to me yet, but yeah, Holyoke's I'm, busy. But yeah, he's if busy. you can I'm get him, he'll be a great interview. He's, yeah, yeah, he's fascinating. He he looks very interesting. So, oh, and uh, my producer just gave me the sign. So we're actually hold that thought. <laughs> you got it. We're gonna take a short break, play some PSAs and promos for other shows and whatnot. And then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. 
You are listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. I'm Mayor David Narkowitz, and I support Northampton's community radio station. What did they just say? If you often find yourself asking that, you may benefit from the new audio-enhancing technology available at the Forbes Library in Northampton. Designed to work with or without a hearing aid, the new and improved audio-visual systems in our meeting rooms, along with countertop loop systems at our service desks, are some of the new technology the library now has. With federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. You'll now find hearing the librarian and guest lecturers a whole lot easier. Call 413-587-1017 or email info at ForbesLibrary.org to find out more. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still with uh, Sue Timberlake and hey John there. Roberts, <laughs> and we're still joined by Ann Tallheimer, uh, a local uh, artist, educator, political activist, and uh, uh, Godzilla devotee. I do love Godzilla. Teaches at, teaches at Yale. Yep. Yep. I am faculty at the English Language Institute. Excellent. Mm -hmm. What Excellent. was your thought on the most recent, uh, the 2014 Godzilla movie? <laughs> the one with Brian Cranston, you mean? Yeah, barely. Uh, well, he wasn't I, in the movie. I, I think of Shin Godzilla as the most recent Godzilla movie, though. Most Which, recent American Godzilla Okay, okay. Wait, <laughs> and that was four years ago already? Yeah. Good God. I liked it. I mean, it's a, it's a good summer movie. I liked it. I mean, I would have liked a little more Godzilla and a little less exposition. Yeah, but no kidding. Mm. I'll, I'll get down with it. It was a good-looking monster. I, I'm, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> This is civil politics, so we're gonna, I'm going to do this thing I never do otherwise and not go down the geeky rabbit hole talking about this movie. I vote for Godzilla. Cause I, I, no, I, I, I had thoughts about it. I, it, I wanted it to be better than it was. It, was, it was good, but I was that the ads really had set the bar too high for me mm, for that movie. It really did. Yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah, the bit where like they used the, the music from 2001, like when they were touching the monolith and stuff like that, just really like, oh my God, they're going for something really profound with this movie. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> that other movie you were talking uh -oh. about just before we came in, I Black Light. I don't remember anything I talked about. Black Johnny? Lightning? Yeah, Black Lightning. Oh, oh the show. The <laughs> yeah. Black, Pan uh, Black movie. Panther, the new. Yeah. Oh, Black Panther. Okay. Sorry, I just confused two two things. I know we but all look alike. But uh, yeah, one's on TV. Did you so... just out geek the geeks? <laughs> <laughs> That'll never, no, no. It never happen. Oh, no, here we go. Oh, oh. No, civil man, civil. <laughs> Black Black Panther uh, just Black came Panther, out. Sorry, yeah, um, you Black saw Lightning it. is a is a CW TV show which is also very good. Uh, with a with a majority black cast, um, but Black Panther just came out. Uh, it started yesterday. The major opening is today, and I saw it last night, and it was amazing. And so many black people in the theater. Yes. In the in the, was I took a, I took a picture. It was I. They must have trucked them in because I've never seen that many <laughs> black people in the. Only you before. could say something like John, that, John. Yeah. I yes. Wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't. Dare. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. By the way, I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> that's why well I'm going to have to but see the movie perhaps we can do a civil politics episode or at least a supplemental for our website about Wakandan politics but <laughs> I mean if you want to get into that yeah I could do that I need to see, I need to see the movie and, and do some supplemental reading first but yeah. <laughs> then we'll come in and talk about yeah. it yeah but that Ur Urpo Ur so anyway back to <laughs> I know right Jeez. that character I'm like Urpo? now I'm thinking about it oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, our listeners at home are probably like they're all at Black Panther. They're all at the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, actually, that's a good point. That's tonight. <laughs> well, my mom is listening. Hi, mom. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So you and your mom, you yeah. went to the state house. And you I brought were going my mom. Around? Yeah, it was awesome. She'd never been to the state house before. Mm -hmm. It really does have a gold dome. So it it does. <laughs> it, well, that's and that's also sort of that they gave directions like if just take the T to. No, you know, yeah. park on the green line and look up for <laughs> you will see it. the gold dome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there it right is. The top yeah. of Beacon Hill. Yep. Right Can't miss it. It's Can't not actually it. gilt, is it? Uh, I didn't... It is gold. 
I yeah. believe it is gold. They it's do gold have leaf. a tour. Wow. I did not yeah. take the tour. I should have taken yeah. the tour next time. Yeah. Um, but it is it is a really interesting building, and there are lots of nooks and crannies and lots of trouble to get into, and some of the elevators go to the wrong basements, as we discovered when I lost my mother <laughs> in the state house. So um, what you're saying is that the state house and the way to get around the state house is just as good as trying to get around Boston itself. Kind of. Oh yeah, it's kind like of. a fractile. It looks just easier like... done on foot <laughs> and mapped out in advance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of comments to make about Boston and its right. Let's 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 keep moving. So you um so uh uh were there any you said you talked to a lot of people. Yeah. Is there anybody in particular you're like, you know, like, I, I, like for instance, like Stan Rosenberg, who's like still, is he? No, he's no longer uh, president yeah, of the Senate. Yeah, they made the um, he stepped down, woman but. is actually not acting anymore. She is the president of the Senate. And I'm forgetting right. her name, and I apologize for that because I should know what it is. Yes. And yes, you should. <laughs> and she's she's a little older than me, I think, even, so. Yeah. Long time uh, senator mm-hmm. from Massachusetts. No, we were we were in um we were talking to most of the folks. We had divided into groups depending on whose legislator where they where that office was in the building. Yeah. So we were in the basement and kind of making the rounds in the basement. Um and the way the state state oh, the house Western Mass reps are all in the basement, huh? Well, <laughs> not not the Western Mass well, at least Aaron Vega. Aaron Vega's got a pretty sweet location. Unfortunately, he was not there. Uh, I have a meeting with him so next week. So was Aaron week. Vega your, your rep yeah. in Holyoke? Yeah, Aaron Vega is our house rep in Holyoke and, okay. you know, surrounding areas. And he's fantastic. He's a, um emphatic ally on this. Mm-hmm. So much so, this is, I love the story. Last year, um, for June 2nd, which is National Gun Violence Awareness Day throughout the nation, it started with um, uh, Hedaya Pendleton, who was a teen in Chicago who was shot and killed. Her friends started this this uh, wear orange on June second to honor her. And mm-hmm. orange is not only her favorite color, but that's that high visibility you wear. The hunter, yeah, yeah exactly. The, so the hunter won't shoot you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you are visible and you are recognizable, and people are aware that you are there. And it um, over time sort of became this this bigger movement with every town for gun safety and with moms demand action. And um, June second has become recognized in this way. So buildings are lit orange. Um, and different cities have different events and programming. And so I came back from, I, I serve as an Everytown Survivor Fellow, which is, I do a lot of um, story sharing and outreach and talking with different groups about my own story of surviving gun violence and um, putting a, a human face on this. And I talk about this a lot because people are like, oh, gun violence, everybody knows someone who's affected by it. I'm like, you, you know me. This has been the reality of my life for more than half of my life. Hmm. I mean, it happened in 1992 when I was 18. This is really woven into the fabric of who I am. Um, and I came back from that training in Washington. There are, They bring in 35 people from across the country every year uh, as part of this cohort to undergo this kind of very intensive training. And I came back after it and booked a meeting with Alex Morris and booked a meeting with Aaron Vega and told them what I was about and I wanted to do something for June 2nd and I wanted to um, mm-hmm. start these conversations and both Aaron Vega and Alex Morse were on it. We had a program in Holyoke. We had speakers. We reached out to all different parts of the community. There's an annual stop the violence basketball tournament that happens. We had that family in. it was, it was amazing and it was really well received and people connected in ways that were um, profound and healing Um and Aaron Vega introduced a resolution in the State House to recognize June 2nd as National Gun Violence Awareness Day throughout the entire Commonwealth. And 30 different um, representatives signed on to this. Uh-huh. And uh, he came back from the State House, and I have that paper in my house with everybody's signatures on it. And because, yeah. because I am my mother's daughter, yeah. I wrote each of those folks a thank you note, like telling them <laughs> my story. You got a bump. Yeah, and, uh, well done. And... Uh, <laughs> again putting that human face on it like thank yeah. you for signing on to this this is why this is fiercely important to me mm-hmm. um and i actually heard back from a couple of them who were like we never hear thank you from people people usually get in touch with us when they're mad <laughs> or they, yeah. want they don't you to like do a law or they and... want us to change you know mm-hmm. um and i it was just this like little moment i kind of hang on to because that's also what that state house felt state house trip felt like like being able to go into a legislator's office and say 
hi, I'm your constituent. This is very important to me. And let me tell you my story hmm. is empowering in ways that I think we get really stuck on sort of like the, the national level horror, but we don't always dig down or know where to dig down for the local stuff or for the like state level stuff. You know, and talking to people like, oh, my state representative. They're like, I know who, it's Elizabeth Warren. She's amazing. I'm like, yeah, she's totally amazing. But here are all the other people <laughs> yeah. who are your elected officials too. Between here and there. Do, yeah. do you, have you met them? Have you talked to them? Well, I, I don't know. I'm like, all right. So this is my challenge for everybody. Like, find out who your elected officials are and get in touch. Even if it's like, hi, I'm your constituent. Yeah. I'd like to know more about you. Where do I look? Yeah. That's how you engage. And mm-hmm. I, I think... And they have a lot of meet and greets yeah. if you look for them. You, yeah. you have yeah. to know that that's what you need to do is, yep. is look and see when they're going to be in your community and go talk to them. Yeah, yeah. and, and we see there. this at the local level. I mean, I live in Holyoke, and we have a a fairly raucous city council. Um, <laughs> but I still talk to people who are like, oh, I don't know city council, or I don't, I don't yeah, know who who's to talk that? to about yeah, this. It's what, so what do they do in Holyoke? Like, <laughs> oh, I got stories. Yeah. So, yeah, all of that kind of linking together, sort of, you know, Getting people interested, getting people invested. And my mom, who had never been to the state house, doesn't really talk to her legislators, doesn't always vote. Mm-hmm. We we have conversations <laughs> about this, believe me. Um, left the state house, amped up to talk to her representative and do something. She felt like there was now a tangible thing that she could do. Mm-hmm. And this is my mom, who like lived with the reality of me surviving gun violence for 25 years, has found this... Okay, I have this thing I can do. Yeah, something really tangible yeah. that you can hold on yeah. to. Yeah. We have such a great local food movement, and yet, like you say, we have all these people that are representing us mm-hmm. and yeah. have all sorts of duties and obligations and responsibilities. For and, sure. And people just don't yeah. connect. Or, Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, and, uh, by It's the way, very powerful when you... Yeah. Well, uh, Sue, by the way, also uh, hosts another show on Valley Free Radio called Farm to Fork, which oh. looks at, like, right where local. it comes from and whatnot. Very so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Republican and pro farming. <laughs> awesome. Well, and this is the great Those thing about kind of go together. <laughs> this is the great thing about Massachusetts that I Family think people farms. outside of Massachusetts don't get. Like, I have friends who live in other places in the country who are like, "Oh, bluest of the blue states." I'm like, "Okay, listen. Here's here's what Trump still got a million votes. <laughs> here's what the range of what this looks like." But Romney it's, Weld, can I go on? Yeah, yeah. Baker, Charlie oh, Baker. Romney's in the race for Senate, by the way. I saw that. that. Yeah. 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 Um, and. And all of these. Your favorite ex-governor. Actually, I like his wife Anne. She's oh, well. Yeah. She's Welsh, so I have a certain <laughs> fondness for her. Right on. So. <laughs> Sorry. But, like all of these different pieces to it, because when you, and I, I do a lot of this with, um, in the work with Every Town for Gun Safety and Moms Demand Action, the way you talk about gun legislation in Boston and Dorchester is different from the way you talk about gun legislation small in like town. Pittsfield <laughs> and those small Berkshire Winchin towns, yeah. where what gun ownership looks like is really different yeah. than, you know, it's it's not always sport. I mean, there it's really diverse and it's really complex. And if, if you're not in it and you're not sort of talking about it and you buy into that boiling it down to mm. it's mental illness or it's guns, it's this or it's that, that doesn't represent the range of yeah. uh, perspectives on the issues. And having a gun in the house when you actually live in the woods and there are bears and yeah. mountain lions is a different issue than living in the town I grew up in and over Massachusetts where, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) Well, you said bears and guns. I feel like I should make a Betsy DeVos joke, but. Yeah, yeah, yes. (laughs) But yeah, it's true. And and this is, again, when we talk about it as a nation, like in Alaska, in Texas, like this is a really important, important and nuanced issue that when we talk about, oh, it's gun control. It's not about control. It's about safety. Yeah. And, and so, in a nutshell, your policy is you want more gun safety, and you're open to pretty much any approach that's actually going to get that. Yeah, mostly I, my position is that I want to keep guns out of the hands of folks who are too dangerous to have them. Yeah, if you can't be on the fly, no fly list. <laughs> well, you should, I mean, and every gun owner I've talked Although to. Although um, Kennedy was on that no fly list for a Ted while Kennedy? by mistake, right? Well, I wouldn't trust Ted Kennedy <laughs> with a car, so I certainly wouldn't trust Ted Kennedy with a gun. <laughs> Wait, you're the liberal. I know. <laughs> I'm supposed to say that. As, Sorry. As, no, no, this is great. As because... Dennis Leary once said, Ted Kennedy, pretty good senator, 
bad date. <laughs> oh no! What what folks oh, in Radio so Land? Yeah. What folks in Radio Land can't see is is the, I'm in the middle between. The <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do that. So you it's go good. whipsaw like, back yeah, and forth. I'm working really hard not to like move away from the mic while I look at folks though. But um, uh, where was I going with this? Um, the law itself. So it would, as it's drafted, mm-hmm. it would give the local police chief if a family member or the other police went to the court. Do they mm-hmm. have to go to the court? Yeah. The, the the way it's written now is, and we're still looking at sort of the particulars of how it would be enacted. But the court would be involved. It wouldn't be a a parent going to the police and saying, ah. Although yeah. if you've got someone in crisis. It's crisis. You got to yeah. do something. Yeah. Um, I think too often we have this. We hear it a lot. We're hearing it a lot now in the media. Like, oh well, we there was this creepy thing that and this happened and he said this and why didn't we do anything? And you can't because it's not against. The how law. do we do this? Yeah. What do we do? Who do we talk to? So right. yeah. So this would allow the police chief temporarily, or or the police mm-hmm. in the jurisdiction, or the state police too. Do you think, or is that I, sort of in part of the I, negotiations? I, I think it's probably in still part of the negotiations because the heart of it is making sure that there's uh, temporarily the that the guns are temporarily out of the home or out of the possession of the person who is at risk of harm. Sort of like taking your car when you're drunk. Yeah, taking your keys. <laughs> yep. Doesn't mean we're taking your keys forever, but if you right are now. in a state where it's too unsafe for you to have them, it's a, it's a life-saving measure to intervene in that way. Yeah. And well-received, and you guys... Yeah. Everybody was super polite and nice. Um, you said it's in committee? Is that what yeah, you were saying? Yeah, it's currently in committee. Which committee? Do you know? Um, I want to say public safety and homeland security, I believe, is where the bill currently is. Hmm. Um, and I think the deadline for it to come out of committee for legislative session is april 15th so this is definitely a, oh, a tax day it's, yeah. a, it's a do now kind of bill and not yeah. a next legislative Guns and session is a great combo <laughs> well and i'm not saying we should wait until april 15th to get in touch with our legislators so because I, I got a meeting with aaron vega on tuesday I, I did email him ahead of time and said i'm gonna come in and talk talk with you about this so please, here's some background please be there yeah, yeah. Be, be, be prepared yeah I, I, I don't want to ever catch anybody by surprise but at the same time, when you've got legislators in the state house, they're dealing with like five thousand different bills, and so yeah. the ones that they move on, the ones that kind of go to the top of the slush pile, are the ones that people email and call about, where their constituents come in and say, "This is really important. This is the one you should move on. This is yeah. the one you got to read." And I'm paying attention. Yeah, I'm paying <laughs> yeah. attention. And I'm engaged, and this is important to me as your constituent and as a resident of the Commonwealth. And this all is these the other folks. I need you to solve. Yeah. yeah. Now, bump stocks actually mm-hmm. were made illegal mm-hmm. very quickly. In I Massachusetts? got I got a letter at home, and it said oh. I have to. I don't have one, but if I had one, I would have to surrender. I forget April first or mm-hmm. something. So they they did that, and there wasn't much fanfare about that. No, yeah, I didn't was, even know that it happened. I know yeah. there was sort of a discussion nationally, and of course it didn't come to anything at the federal level. Right. Yeah, yeah Massachusetts has some of the um, most comprehensive gun safety laws in the country. And one of the a lower rate of gun violence. Than Significantly many lower rate. Yeah. Significantly. Now, you mentioned something before we went on the air that the the your student at um, um, Bard College of Rock, um, he it, there was a loophole at the time in the mass there law, was. which has been closed yep. because yeah. of him. Well, at that yeah, at the, what had happened was at that time Massachusetts had a law in the books that honored an out-of-state purchasers home state's gun purchase requirements. Oh, sort of like a reciprocity kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like a reciprocity. So they... they, Full faith and credit clause of the Constitution. (laughs) They honored the laws of the purchaser's home state. And he was from Montana, which then, as now, has very, very lax gun laws. So he was able to to walk in, pay cash, and walk out within an hour, 45 minutes, 18-year-old kid. Yeah. And it had bullets shipped in the mail, mm-hmm. which is also now not something you can do in Massachusetts. Right. And this was 1992. I don't think, p- yeah. in retrospect, people can very clearly say, oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> why did you give him that box? Why did? But at the time, yeah. it wasn't the epidemic that we're seeing now. Yeah. The, 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 there's a, the, 
the 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 sort of the claim like well this is a great tragedy and we we shouldn't politicize this we shouldn't you know act in the heat of the moment to pass gun laws or whatever is something that like it made more sense to say that in 1992 because it was like oh my god there was a shooting at 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 simon's rock college did you hear this is this was national news i was in ohio Mm. and i heard about it and you know it was it was a shocking thing yep and it was unusual Mm. you know like so say like we should take a moment because this unusual tragedy has happened and it's shocking and we should you know not act in impulsively we should act soberly there was at least some logic to that but mm-hmm. now this is just so sadly routine i mean I, I forget where i saw this this commentary i don't know uh, who who wrote it but um it was basically somebody saying, well, if it's if it's too soon to talk about what happened this week, is it too soon to talk about Sandy Hook now? Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and they didn't, Five years later. They yeah. didn't mean yeah. it as a sarcastic comment. Yeah, they meant it just, as a sort of very biting commentary on it's too soon. We can't politicize it. We can't politicize 18 it. 18 in a month and like, a half. Yeah. Is it, is it time events. now? How about now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go so, back. Yeah. Can I ask you a tough question? Sure. You may not want to answer it. So the before and then being at school and finding your planet, mm-hmm. the event, mm-hmm. and then what happened after that? What would you say to people whose kiddos are at a school where there's been a shooting? What What's just... I, th- it's not fair. I should have asked you much no, no. earlier in the the hour that we have. But what what happened afterward? Like, how did you mm-hmm. come to terms with it? What did it do? And and what would they need to look for in their kiddos? Yeah. Just to it's just. A, to, it's kind of a. I mean, it's sort of a both a long answer and a short answer. Like, I came home. I'm afraid we only really have time for the short answer. I know, we've, right? We've got to wrap up in a minute. Yeah. But, so, yeah. I, I mean, I guess to skip ahead to sort of the heart of what you're asking, which is how do we how do we protect our kids? How do we talk to our kids about this? Yeah. We should talk to our kids about this in very clear and precise terms. Um, I think kind of glazing over it, saying, oh, shooting at this. Every child is different, of course. Every parent knows best. But the reality of where we live now is we have to really talk to our kids about this, not just about... Um, what do you do if you see warning signs? What do you see if, if someone is isolating? How do you talk about these things? But learning how to look for those warning signs and have compassion toward them instead of um, uh, kind of ignoring it and finding good ways to talk about those with adults in addition to all the other things like making sure that parents who are gun owners are safely storing their guns. Um, parents being brave and having those clear, direct conversations because every gun owner I know answers that question with oh that's i'm glad that you asked i have my gun in my safe my ammunition is stored separately i don't keep my gun loaded responsible gun owners anticipate and are ready for these conversations i think we're just so nervous about having them because we don't offend people but we have to keep ourselves safe um and for the child that's been through it counseling i mean i i did some pretty comprehensive counseling but also um remembering that you never really get over it like people are like oh it's been 10 years aren't you aren't you over it yet like you're never over it it's the same way that you're never over the death of a parent you you change who you are changes um and as a nation we're not good with grieving we're not good with um talking about these things but really recognizing that every survivor is on their own path and trauma is pervasive and difficult and, and we permanent. don't understand it well permanent yeah change i'm so looking forward to getting my hands on your right graphic on. novel thank you so uh, well i'll look again at my house <laughs> see if i can find a car co- uh, you could just get your own that would i'm sure <laughs> Anne wouldn't mind uh, <laughs> anyway we do need to wrap up uh, oh yeah we have run over a little bit so that's it for civil politics tonight here on valley free radio hopefully we'll get Anne back to talk about uh well maybe more about this and also about hoyo politics yeah and other things We'll see. If you're good, eat your vegetables, folks. Um, In the meantime, uh, stay tuned for Subculture coming up with really awesome music in just a few minutes. And uh, we'll be back with more civil politics next week. Thanks for listening. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.